0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ.
1: So we're at the end of our trilogy of services this weekend. If, if you made it to all of them, you were here Sunday morning to hear Vicar Rob preach about the proclamation of the angel to Mary. Last night we got to hear Jesus born in Bethlehem. And today we get to dig a little bit deeper into what that word Emmanuel means. If you were here for the trilogy, what you witnessed this weekend, I hope was Beauty. You heard the beauty of our orchestra and choir singing as they're singing again today. You heard the beauty of the organ. You saw the beauty of this sanctuary, a sanctuary that I think when we worship in it all year long, sometimes we forget to appreciate the beauty of the people who went before us to build this building. We get to see the beauty of all of these Christmas decorations up here, all of the poinsettias, all of the Christmas decorations, really all over our communities. Today, as we reflect on the meaning of a God who comes to dwell with us, it's really beauty that's at stake. Today, we're not going to reflect so much on the story of Joseph as we're going to Zoom in on that word Emmanuel. God is with us and the implications of what it means for our lives. If you want to hear the story of Joseph, you can watch that on YouTube. I preached on it last week in generation service. But I want to talk about Emmanuel because I think that beauty really matters to our world in a day like today. And through what God does in the story of Christmas, he brings beauty into an ugly world and actually makes this world beautiful. He makes our lives beautiful. And through his church, he brings beauty. So first, how he makes our world beautiful. There's this piece of art in the St. Louis Art Museum that I can say is interesting and I almost don't even want to describe it to you because it, it, it was so disturbing to me the first time that I saw it. It's about 10 feet wide and 8 feet tall. It's a huge picture. And it's just human beings. The whole thing is just human beings. And as I looked at it, there was nothing really anti-Christian in it. But I was just kind of disgusted kind of disturbed by the picture of just human beings laid over each other in this painting. And it was probably the ugliest thing I have ever seen. And it's in an art museum. I think that tells us a little bit about how much we value beauty. But it made me reflect a little bit on the fact that there are people in this world that I think look at this world and it looks like that. It looks that ugly to them. Because if if you think about it, we are literally living on top of each other. If you go into any of our cities, that's what an apartment complex is. It is people living on top of each other. If you think about when you've been to a concert or when when you've been to one of the parks and, and you go to the show and it lets out and you are in a sea of bodies, moving past people, people who are all slowly going towards corruption, slowly moving towards decay. We are all, as human beings, going towards being dust, some sooner rather than later. We live our lives in concrete jungles, and if you were to take the concrete out of it, I think sometimes it might look like the artist's depiction of this world was kind of right. In some ways, If you look at this world, it looks ugly. But God is not going towards dust. He is not corruptible. He is incorruptible. He is beauty that is eternal from before the beginning and to beyond the end. God is eternal. And even though our world is aware of the ugliness... Out of the ugliness, we don't find any solutions. We can try to sanitize it. We can hide away our cemeteries so we don't think about it. We, we can even convince ourselves that the point of this life is to, is to live the best you can now in the short time you have here. But, but even if, if the point of life is to leave a legacy, your legacy will only last for a generation or maybe two. But on Christmas... Beauty breaks into this world. Because on Christmas, we see the incorruptible, beautiful God take on human flesh. And on Christmas, we hear a different story. It's not a story of a world that's moving towards corruption, but it's a story of the perfect God who becomes man so that this world isn't destined for corruption. It is destined for redemption. It is destined to be restored. And in the little baby Jesus, we see the beginning of it as Jesus is born into all of the ugliness of this world. He is born just in being born. He is taking on the curse of humanity because if you remember all the way back at the beginning, Adam and Eve took the fruit. And the first thing God does is promise to send a Savior. And the second thing he does Is tell Eve she will have pain and childbearing. Jesus takes on the curse. He takes on the ugliness of the fact that that curse includes death. But he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And even though he takes our curse, he takes our ugliness, what he gives us in return is the beauty of an incorruptible life, of an eternal life with him. Emmanuel, God with us. And what that does is it actually changes our world so that now as we look at our world, we don't just think about people living on top of people, but we recognize that those people living above us or below us are redeemed by a Savior. We recognize that that our concrete jungles, we're not going to cover this world in concrete, but even Our cities will be redeemed by Christ because in the end, when Jesus returns, we don't see a garden anymore. What we see is a garden city where God uses gold and pearls and he incorporates human culture into the paradise that he will bring at the end of all time. And the crown jewel of it all, Emmanuel. Let's see it in Revelation chapter 21. Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them. And God himself will be with them as their God. Emmanuel, God with us. This world is not going towards corruption. This world is moving towards restoration because Jesus comes. That's the first thing that Emmanuel tells us. And the second thing it tells us is it actually redeems our churches so that we can be the curators of beauty who bring the beauty of Christ into this world. It was in 726. In 726, Emperor Leo declared that any of the images that are in churches were forbidden throughout the entire empire. He sent his soldiers, they sacked churches, they took out all of the images, all of the art that they could find. The goal was to take all of the beauty and art away from the church, ultimately so that people would have no other option than to focus on the God who they can't see. And what it did, in effect, was it made all of the synagogues and all of the Muslim temples look exactly the same as all of the Christian churches, because there was no art in them. And the reason I'm telling you this story is because it was out of this controversy, if you want to do the research, it's called the Iconoclastic Controversy, but it was out of this controversy that a theologian came out. His name was St. John of Damascus. And in the midst of people rioting over images, rioting over Christian artwork, all he did was point people back to Christmas Day. All he did was to show people the value of the fact that God actually comes into the world of his creation. That the incorruptible God takes on human matter and by God becoming a part of his creation, he's actually giving his church the, the license and the ability to make all of his creation a part of something that glorifies him. A part of something that shows people the beauty of what God is doing in his incarnation. And why tell you all of this? Well, there's the little reason, which is there are some denominations that would still want to take all of the images out of church and say that we can't do anything beautiful. But there's the bigger reason also. The bigger reason that says that Christianity is not about matter. You see, the fact that Jesus becomes a human being shows us that matter is, matters. It is significant, and he brings significant to everything that we do. He brings significant to our bodies. He brings significance to our world, so that we can't be like those people who, who, who say that in order to be a Christian, we have to sit in a room and meditate on who God is, but we can experience the world in bolder ways, and we as the church can bring beauty to it. You see, this is what Paul said to people who were having that same disagreement about what they could eat and what they could drink in the first century. In Colossians chapter 2, here in verses 8 and 9, he says, See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. This is to say, to depart from from the matter of this world and to prioritize the things that go on in their mind. But he says this, this is the importance of it all. For in Christ, the fullness of God dwells bodily. He makes our matter matter so that our churches can bring beauty to this world. One of the bigger reasons I'm telling you all of this is so that you don't buy into the lie. The lie of our Western world that wants to convince everybody that the Christian church is responsible for so much of the ugliness in this world. And although we may be responsible for some of the ugliness here in our lives, I think can be evidence of that, 90% of all of the beauty that our culture experiences, the art, the literature, the music, it comes from the Christian church. This church is here to bring the beauty of Christ back into it. You might think, well, how can I do that? Can you really clean up the house when you're covered in mud? If my life is as ugly as I know it is, how can I be a part of showing the beauty of this world? Well, Emmanuel, God is with us. I don't know what you believe about yourself. Maybe you think that if people knew your inner thoughts, if people knew the secret things that you tried to hide away, they would see your ugliness and they would want nothing to do with you. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe you think that God can't possibly use you to, do, uh, to bring the beauty into this world. Or maybe you think that if I was God, I wouldn't even have the patience to forgive me again. But that's what Jesus comes to forgive. He comes to remind us again that no matter the ugliness, he brings beauty. You see, this is, even in the Old Testament, this is really the story of Moses. Because Moses knew ugliness. He was a murderer who was on the run. He was a fugitive who was rejected by his own people. And he asked the same question. God called to him from the burning bush and God said, I want you to bring beauty to my people. I want you to bring the beauty of freedom to a people who experience the ugliness of slavery. And this is what Moses says in Exodus chapter 3. He says, who am I that I would lead your children out? And God doesn't say, no, Moses, you are really special. No, Moses, you are unique. He says, no, but I will be with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. He is with us to make us beautiful. He is with us to make us the tools to bring beauty to this world. And Jesus becomes a human being so that you, you could be beautiful too. The ugliness of your sin is not the end. You don't end in frustration. You don't end in those thoughts that you would try to hide away. You don't end in what you've done and said. Your end is beauty because of what Jesus has done for you. He gives you righteousness. He gives you perfection. He brings you beauty. So I give you a sermon based on beauty. The reason... That I'm delivering this to you today is to remind you that even though God came to Moses in the burning bush, even though God has been with his people through history, he is so much closer to you. God is with you here and now in the preaching. He's with you in the people gathered. He's with you when you witness baptisms and he is with you. In this bread and wine that is right before us, he is with you to meet your ugliness and bring you beauty. And he wants to be so close to you that he will even put his beauty in your stomach. As we get to eat the bread and wine, which is the very body and blood of Christ, Christ brings beauty again to you today. Because in this world, we see a world that wants to turn their face on the church. It wants to turn their face away from Christians. We see a world that beats us up a lot and a world that wants us to to be a Christian but do it privately. Or sometimes it wants us to be embarrassed to be a Christian. But don't be embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed because this is a beautiful story that this ugly world so desperately needs to hear. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be a coward, but be bold in sharing the beauty of the story. Be bold in bringing the beauty to the world. Because Christ makes this world's end beautiful. Christ brings beauty through his church. And more than any of it, Christ came as a baby boy to make you beautiful. In his name, amen.